0: This story is brought to your ears by all our fantastic supporters on Patreon. To get in on the action yourself, with bloopers, extras, and the occasional early story, join us at patreon.com voiceofallmtg. For more stories, or just a chat, visit voiceofallmtg.com. And now, Voice of All presents... The Gathering Storm. Chapter 15... By Jenga Wexler. It can't be done,
1: Master Zarek.
0: The foreman was stout and walrus-mustached, with a gleaming, bald head and arms like tree trunks. The workers are asleep on their feet already. You have no idea how difficult it is getting
1: equipment down there. There aren't enough cranes or sledges, and our haulers hate the smell. So we have to carry the parts by hand.
2: There's no such thing as can't be done. There's only insufficient motivation. Tell Chemisture Frexus downstairs that I said you could use her constructs to haul parts. They won't object to the smell.
1: But her constructs explode if the boiler gets
2: too hot. I was just at a meeting about it last week. Incentive to get the things moved quickly then. As for the workers, tell them I'll double their wages if they get the resonator installed on time. The foreman wiped his forehead.
1: Uh, I believe they were already promised double.
2: Well, then that would be quadruple the usual rate, wouldn't it? After, After all, all, if we lose, lose it's, it's not like we, we have to pay. pay.
0: Ral permitted himself a moment of amusement at the thought of aggrieved laborers applying to Bolus for their lost wages. Uh, I, uh... The big man gave a shaky smile. Does... Does that apply to supervisory personnel
1: as well, Master?
2: If the Resonator is finished and in working order on schedule.
0: It will be, Master Zarek. Depend on it! I am. We all are. Ral had returned from the Undercity battered and shaken, but there had only been time for a brief rest before the all-consuming project required his full attention again. A team of Azorius Warders and Law Mages had gone to work immediately, erecting magical barriers around the underground Resonator site to hold off any Golgari counterattacks. Boros and Orzhov troops remained in place, too, working uneasily side by side. But it was his own people who had the task of building the Resonator itself and aligning it with the growing network. Three, Three more days. days. That's what they
2: needed. Three days, and Niv-Mizzet will be able to put his plan into action.
0: Whether that would be enough to stop Bolas for certain, only the Firemind knew, but at least Rao would have done everything he could.
2: If Bolas gives us three days.
0: Lavinia had been his best link to the progress of Bolus's plans, but he hadn't seen her since the disastrous Guild Summit. That was probably bad, but he didn't have the time to send out a search. She can take,
2: she can take care, care of, of herself, herself that's, that's for certain.
0: certain. Except, against Bolas, nothing was certain.
3: Master Zarek?
0: A goblin voice from the corridor. Raoul looked up and found one of his personal secretaries peeking through the doorframe. What is it? There's someone who insists on seeing you. He says it's urgent. (sighs)
2: Everything's urgent. He says you'll see him. His name's a... Tomek. Tomek is is here? here? They'd never
0: met at the Nivix. He should know better than to- to to Let him in. Ral laid his pen aside. A moment later, Tomek entered, shutting the door behind him. Ral's lover looked weary, as he usually did of late. His eyes were sunken, and his hair was a mess. Ral balanced a wave of irritation that Tomic would intrude on him here, with an urge to take the other man in his arms. I always thought your office would be a little grander. Tomic looked around at the dingy little suite. No offense.
2: I don't spend much time in here normally. The last few weeks have been... an exception.
1: You didn't come see me after you got back from the Undercity.
2: I sent you a note. You know how critical time is right now.
1: I know. I just... I wanted
2: to talk to you about something. Something that can't wait until after the potential end of Ravnica? Tomic rolled his eyes. This isn't
0: personal. I know better than that. It's, well, guild business. I see. Rowling back in his chair.
1: Sorry. Alright,
2: what's wrong?
0: It's Kaya
1: and Taser. I think. <sighs> I think Taser is making a mistake. How so? Kaya is changing things, for the better. I think. There are things the Orzhov does that we all try to ignore sometimes, but she refuses to ignore them. And Tesa doesn't approve. She doesn't, and neither do the other guild leaders.
2: Is there anything they can do about
1: it? I think they're going to kill Kaya.
2: Ah. And if she dies, who becomes Guildmaster?
1: Almost certainly Tesa.
2: And will she continue to support our project?
0: Tomek's eyes narrowed. Is that all you care about? It's all I can afford to care about.
2: You know how important this is. What Niv-Mizzet trusted me with. Even if it
1: means letting Kaya die. Ral shrugged. I thought you worked for Tesa. I do. And... Lisa has been working all her life to step out of her grandfather's shadow. If she does this, I think she may never escape from it. And what do you want from me? I... don't know. I hadn't planned that far ahead. I just thought that Kaya was your friend.
2: She's my ally. It's not the same.
1: I see. What about me? Am I an ally, too?
0: Ralph stood up behind his desk. What?
1: Of course not. Tomek, you know that— Never mind.
0: Tomek turned to the door. I'll deal with this myself. Everyone had made all the right noises when Kaya had returned to Orzhova, but as she accepted the congratulations of the priests and their attendants— Her mind had painted murderous rage behind every false smile. She'd escaped from the press as soon as she could, retreating to her opulent suite of rooms high in the cathedral and refusing to see anyone. Teysa had sent several couriers, and Kaya had dismissed them out of hand.
3: This This can't can't go on.
0: For one thing, she was getting hungry.
3: But can I trust trust anything anything from the kitchens?
0: She'd have to leave the cathedral and find a restaurant somewhere chosen at random.
3: And then what, do the same thing every night for the rest of my life? This isn't going to work.
0: She'd spent her life avoiding her enemies, and she'd had many in the course of her career, by keeping her low profile and moving around.
3: Now I'm stuck as head of a church with a big stupid hat and a fancy bedroom anyone can find.
0: If the heads of the Orzhov were really determined to kill her, sooner or later they were going to succeed.
3: Which means I should get out of here.
0: She could planeswalk and risk the backlash from the debt chains.
3: Maybe Tessa doesn't know as much about it as she lets on.
0: Another option would be to escape Orjova and hide
3: out somewhere. Maybe find a homage of my own, or ask Rol for help, or...
0: There was a rustle at the front door. Kaya sat bolt upright in bed, heart hammering, but the only sound was a quiet set of retreating footsteps. She waited until they faded away, then grabbed her daggers from the bedside table and quietly padded across the thick carpet. The outermost room in the suite was for welcoming guests, with a small table and several armchairs. The big door that opened into the hall was locked just as she left it, but a small folded square of white paper lay in front of it, where someone had shoved it through the gap. Kaya wondered if this was an extremely subtle attack, a poison on the paper, but decided even she wasn't that paranoid. She strapped on her daggers and retrieved the note. Guildmaster, it read, you are in danger.
3: No, no surprise, surprise there.
0: there. The Hierophants have prevailed on Lady Tesa to have you arrested this evening. They have rotated the guard to have loyal men in place. They plan to capture you and hold you prisoner until they extract the Orzhov debt from you by magic. Oh, fuck. I can help you if you can reach me. I will be waiting in the stables in the first floor sub-basement. Sincerely, a friend.
3: A friend who isn't eager to stick their neck out.
0: But she could hardly blame her unknown benefactor.
3: If they're willing to arrest the guildmaster, who knows what they do to anyone who wanted to help her. The question
0: was, of course, did she trust this mysterious informant?
3: Or is this just an invitation to a trap?
0: For a moment she hesitated. Note in hand. Then, as though sent to force her into motion, she heard the clomp of heavy boots from the hallway. Guildmaster? The voice from outside was muffled, as if by a knight's enclosing helmet.
3: Well, that about settles it.
0: When Tesa wanted to talk to her, she sent a servant, not an armored guard. Just a moment. She checked her daggers in their sheaths, took a deep breath, and dropped through the floor. This was a trickier operation than it sometimes appeared, involving precise timing to prevent yourself from falling further than expected and winding up partially through the floor below as well. Because she was a paranoid sort, Kaya had taken a few strolls around Orjova and confirmed that the rooms directly below hers were the personal chambers of some hierophant with plenty of empty space for her to land. She was expecting a shocked old man, possibly in his bathrobe, but nothing she couldn't handle. What she was not expecting was at least a dozen armed soldiers, all waiting with weapons drawn, with three robed mages standing at the edges of the room.
3: Oh, Oh, damn. damn.
0: It had to be Taysa. She's been
3: been watching watching
0: me too close. close. No time to worry about it now. Kaya landed next to a guardsman who reached out to grab her. Letting his flailing arm pass through her in a burst of purple light, she dropped and kicked out his knee, and he hit the floor in a clatter of armor. Another man closed in, carrying a truncheon, and Kaya caught his arm by the wrist as she tried to swing it and twisted it painfully, driving him past her to the floor. Now, the binding! Energy thrummed through the room as the three mages raised their hands. Light crackled and spat around Kaya, a halo of twisted purple and blue. After a moment, it detonated in a soundless explosion, a burst of ghostly radiance that passed through everyone in the room and left them untouched.
3: Certainly past time to get out of here.
0: Kaya willed herself to impermeability, but the purple light that accompanied her transition was weak and fitful, glimmering in patches along her body for a few moments before fading out entirely. The floor beneath her remained distressingly solid to the touch. She's caught. A silver-haired woman in a lieutenant's uniform stood by the door. Take her. Remember, Lady Tesa needs her alive. <sighs>
3: Triple, Triple damn. damn.
0: Apparently, Tesa had turned the Orzhov aptitude for binding spirits into something that would work on Kaya herself. It would probably wear off, given time, but for the moment, that left her surrounded by soldiers with truncheons closing in. She,
3: she needs, needs me, me alive. alive. Less some random guard in here at all of Grandfather Karlov's contracts. But I can't say the same about them. She felt a
0: pang of guilt as she drew her daggers. The guards hadn't done anything but follow orders, but only a slight one.
3: No other way.
0: They charged. Kayat dodged the first man, slashed his throat neatly as she spun, and turned the motion into a kick that sent a woman tumbling into the man behind her. A guard swung for her head from behind, and Kaya ducked and spun again, planting a dagger under his armpit where his armor was weak. She yanked it free again and danced away in the direction of the door. The lieutenant scrambled with her own club, trying to bar Kaya's path, but Kaya dodged under the blow and came up with an elbow to the woman's jaw, slamming her teeth together with a clack. She staggered, spitting blood, and Kaya yanked open the door, twisted through, and slammed it behind her. She had minutes, maybe less, before the alarm became general. She ran down the hallway, and as she moved, concentrated on her arm. It shimmered briefly into intangibility, but the power faded quickly.
3: So no ducking through walls for a while?
0: That meant she was stuck inside Orjova.
3: Which means there's really only one place to head for. Let's hope I can remember how to find the stables. This place is amazing.
0: There! Stop her! Up ahead, two guards accompanied an armored knight, blocking a T-junction. They lowered their spears, and the knight drew his sword.
3: Apparently not everyone got the memo about not killing me. Wonderful.
0: And clearly expected Kaia to pull up short. Instead, she barreled into them, hunching over to avoid the spear points. The momentum of her run slammed one guardswoman against the wall, knocking the breath out of her. She slumped sideways and Kaya dove away, dodging a downstroke of the knight's greatsword. He raised his weapon back to a guard, but she got past him and turned away to keep running.
3: Let's see him keep up with me in that armor.
0: The main stairs were ahead, a seemingly endless series of elliptical spirals leading up through the heart of Orjova. The shaft was alive with noise, armor jingling and boots pounding as guards converged. Kaya hit the railing with the knight behind her in hot pursuit, and the stairway down filled with a half-dozen soldiers.
3: This is so, so stupid.
0: Instead of stopping, she leapt up onto the rail, perching for a moment on the wrought iron, balanced over hundreds of feet of empty space. The knight pulled up short in horror, watching her as she wobbled. Kaya gave him a little wave, then stepped over the edge. She put all her concentration into her hand as she fell, flight after flight of stairway slipping past. There was a trick to this, becoming intangible in just the right ratio and moment to slow her descent by friction with the wall, without simultaneously ripping her hand off by stopping too abruptly. She hadn't practiced much because, honestly, it wasn't the sort of thing you got to try too often and the mage's binding making every attempt to use her power feel like slogging through thick mud made it worse. But the alternative was ending up in a very little puddle on the parquet marble floor at the bottom of the stairs, so Kaya managed. Her arm jerked painfully as she gripped each flight to kill her momentum, pain shooting through her shoulder before she let her arm fade into intangibility and slip through the stone to catch the next one. The impact, when it came, was still harder than she would have liked, and something in her knee felt like it popped, followed by a surge of pain. She moved with a limp to the wood-paneled door that led into the lower levels of Orzhova. Limp or no, though, she left the guards looking for her behind for the moment. The bottom of the staircase led into the public part of the building, where petitioners and penitents from the outside could come to pray, borrow money, or both. Haya slipped into a high gallery, wrapped around the central nave of the cathedral, and threaded her way between well-dressed Orzhov priests and functionaries and their ragged supplicants. A few recognized her in spite of her lack of guild uniform, and a wave of confused murmuring spread in her wake. Doesn't matter. She shoved her way onto another broad stairway, twisting between curious onlookers heading for the main door.
3: I have to get out of here and wait Wait, for this damn binding binding to wear off. Then...
0: Well, she could work that out later.
3: For now, away is the key.
0: Two more flights down, and she was within sight of the main doors. Massive things currently flung wide open. A crowd was forming on either side of them, though, and Kaya could see a couple of knights and a phalanx of guardsmen strung across the archway.
3: Three guesses who they're looking for.
0: She turned abruptly and headed in the other direction.
3: Okay, stables. First sub-basement. That means down, right?
0: There was a stairway down, a narrow one, on her right. She took it, passing a few uniformed staff, and emerged into an unfurnished servant's corridor. Wooden doors led off on either side, but Kaya kept moving, reasoning that the stables had to be adjacent to the street. If
3: I get close, I get close enough, enough, I can I just, just follow, follow the, the smell. smell.
0: She was just about to turn a corner when the tramp of booted feet made her freeze. Get to the main hall, on the double! Kaya threw herself against the nearest door, found it locked, and rebounded. She concentrated hard, gritting her teeth, and slipped her hand through the wood scrabbling on the other side for a latch. Her groping fingers encountered nothing, and she was about to extract herself and run for it, when the door gave a click and open of its own accord. Kaya darted into the darkened space gratefully and slammed it behind her just as the sound of a troop of soldiers passing came from outside. She was in some kind of storeroom. She could smell wax and lamp oil, and the soft fragrance of the incense penitents burned to beg forgiveness for their financial sins. Leaning against the door, waiting for her eyes to adjust to the dim glow seeping underneath it, Kaya struggled for breath. Deep in the gloom, something shifted. Who's there? Kaya raised her daggers.
3: Shout and I'll slit your throat.
0: stop gratitude. And
4: after I open my little hidey hole to you?
3: I'm not in a trusting mood.
0: I imagine not. The shadow of a man shifted in the gloom. You've had a hard day, Kaya.
3: How? Of course.
0: Kaya's lip curled.
3: Bolas. In the
4: flesh. Or not in this case. But here to check up on you nonetheless. You have not pleased me as of late, you know.
3: Pleasing you is not my first priority.
4: Bolas's pawn shifted closer. But it should be. I hold the keys to your chains, after all. You could be free of this place, these
3: if I help you destroy Ravnica, you mean? And What is
4: Ravnica to you? Just another city? Just another job? These are not your people. This guild, these banker priests, you hate them, don't you? You can see in the little miseries they inflict a reflection of your own people to seek Hour in search of happiness and to have the cost
0: repaid
4: with interest over
0: generations. It is. Kaya hadn't realized it until that moment, but the old lizard was right.
4: Then you should be glad
0: of my coming.
3: I will
4: sweep them away like chaff with all their lies and chains.
3: And the people who come begging? You'll help them, will you?
4: Oh, I will. So long as they kneel. Kaya shook her head.
3: It's not worth it. Then what?
4: You are a guildmaster on the run from your own guild. You will not survive long. And even if you do, you will perish with the rest when
3: I arrive. Then I'll die fighting. But I can do good here for these people in the meantime.
4: And your own people. With their sky broken.
3: I'll find another way. I never should have made a bargain with you, dragon. I should have known nothing you could offer would be worth the price.
0: You're a fool. Maybe. Kaya sheathed her daggers and eased open the door, the corridor outside now silent.
3: But I'm my own fool.
0: The stables were dark, lit by a single, guttering lantern, and smelled of a multi-species melange of dung. Kaya slipped through the doorway, moving cautiously, and spotted a single, hooded figure waiting near the lamp. She patted over, hands on her daggers.
3: Are you the one who sent the note?
0: The man jumped, his hood falling back. Kaya recognized him. Tomic Vrona, Tasa’s own assistant.
3: Not who I was expecting, though in truth I don't know what I was expecting.
0: Guildmaster.
1: I wasn't sure you were going to make it.
3: It was touch and go a few times. Tessa's mages hit me with something.
1: A binding. I listened to them plan their attack.
3: And you tried to warn me. Not that I'm complaining, but why?
1: You are my guildmaster. It is my duty.
3: Taisa has been your master for a long time. I've seen the respect you have for her. Even I couldn't have blamed you for taking her side over a guildmaster you hardly know.
1: I... I believe that Tesa is making a mistake. She is in a very difficult position, and... I would like to protect her.
3: From who? Me?
1: The Hierarchs have been pressing her with demands. They fear you will forgive debts on a large scale, and that their wealth will suffer in consequence. They want you out of the Orzhov. If she tries to stand against them, they will crush her. or no. The system, first of all, defends itself.
3: I believe it. Your note said you could help. How?
0: If you confront the Hierarchs... Something crunched in the darkness. Kaya whirled, drawing her daggers... Tomek snatched up the lantern and raised it over his head, and she heard his breath catch. The light gleamed on masks made of mangled coins, rank on rank of thralls, crammed into the stalls and around the outside of the long, empty stables.
3: There have to be hundreds of them.
0: Kaya felt sweat trickle down her forehead, and she shifted her grip on her weapons. I swear, I didn't have anything to do with this.
3: I believe you. I'm sure that'll be a consolation when they're tearing us both to pieces.
0: I could... I have no idea. Do you have a spare weapon? Silently, Kaya drew a long stiletto from its hidden sheath at the small of her back and handed it over. Tomek looked down at it and adjusted his spectacles with a sad smile. Better than nothing, I suppose. The thralls closed in. Kaya swallowed hard. Something flashed a brilliant white. One of the stable doors exploded, pieces of burning wood scattering in every direction, accompanied by an ear-splitting boom that rattled dust from the rafters. Blast left a flaming hole leading to the street outside, and outlined against the lights of the city was a tall man in a long coat, with a wild frizz of hair and lightning crawling up and down his arms. Rao! Stay put. Scorch bringers! The Ashino in singed leather poured through the gap, long, clumsy weapons in their hands. As the thralls turned to face them, gouts of fire jetted out in blinding arcs of orange and red, liquid flame clinging to every surface it touched. Thrall flesh sizzled and charred, and the creatures charged the flanks of Scorchbringers, only to fall in blackened heaps that piled higher and higher. Ral stalked forward, bolts of lightning slashing from his hands to incinerate any thralls that made it past the curtain of flames. Come on. The two nearest Scorchbringers stood aside to let them pass. Let's get out of here. Tomic ran to him, and Kaya followed. She raised an eyebrow as Ral caught the younger man in his arms and kissed him, while the ranks of Scorchbringers closed behind them and began to retreat. Fire was spreading fast through the stables, racing across dry straw and old wood.
3: If I can interrupt, Tomic, you were going to tell me you had a way to fix all this?
0: Oh... <clears throat> Tomek turned away from Raoul, cleared his throat, and straightened his spectacles.
1: Yes, I had a look in the records, you see.
0: Not quite six hours later, Kaya strode into the main hall of Orjova, escorted by several ranks of guards and a pair of knights. It was well after midnight, and all the ordinary worshippers were gone. Kaya walked past the empty pews, the silent niches where the bankers met with their penitents. At the head of the room, in front of the great altar, the hierarchs were waiting. Two dozen or so of the most powerful men and women in the Orzhov guild, with Taysa standing in front of them. They were in full regalia, voluminous silks and elaborate jeweled headpieces, staves topped with crystals and hammered gold masks. Kaya gave them a cold stare and smiled. Guildmaster, I am, I admit, surprised to see you.
3: It seemed a little impolite to run away from one's own guild.
0: You are accused of serious crimes. Are you willing to submit yourself to our authority?
3: Mm, No, I don't think so.
4: You don't have a choice. You will do as we command, or you will die, and we will have a proper guildmaster.
3: You are... Benetov Graka, aren't you?
0: She closed her eyes and reached for the massive contracts that weighed her down, the chains wrapped around her soul. One of them led to Graka, and it took only a moment to sort it out from the others. It was thick and heavy. I
4: am and my family has served the Orzhov for thousands of years. An outsider like you-
3: Venatov Grokka. Son of Orzhov Grokka, who in a moment of financial embarrassment was forced to ask Patriarch Karlov for assistance. Which he provided, of course, as a good friend would. Except the understanding was that the Groka family would support the Karlovs whenever required.
0: You are not a Karlov. He'd gone several shades paler.
3: I am the heir to Patriarch Karlov, the inheritor of all his contracts and obligations.
0: Kaya smiled wider and gave the chain that connected them a short, sharp tug. And you are in breach. Graka gasped <gasps> and sank to his knees, his gilded staff hitting the floor with a ringing sound and rolling away across the marble.
3: Patriarch Karlov collected obligations like other people might collect fine wine. Rimini... Harta. Forgio.
0: As she spoke, she stroked the chains, and each name brought a hitch of breath and a wince from someone in the crowd.
3: All the great families, in fact, each bound to support the Karlovs. Or their heirs. Each of you in violation of that agreement tonight.
0: She looked around.
3: No wonder you were so glad to be rid of me.
0: Tesa stepped forward. I am not in debt to my
3: grandfather. No. You are not...
0: She glanced at the crowd of Hierarchs, and then at the guards all around, and raised her voice.
3: Place Tesa Karlov under arrest.
0: For a long moment, nothing happened. Then, ever so subtly, one of the knights turned to face Graka, who looked around at his colleagues and gave a shaken nod. You, you can't be serious. The guards closed in around her. Treat her gentler. That was the promise she'd made to Tomek. Tessa glared daggers at her across the room, and then turned and strode away, ahead of the guards, not suffering herself to be dragged. The rest of them stood in silence until her footsteps across the marble had faded.
3: As for the rest of you, I think we should discuss the consequences of breaching your agreements with the Karlov's, and what guarantee I have that you won't turn on me again.
0: Kaya spread her hands.
3: After all, under the terms of the original contracts, I am entitled to call in your debts. And with interest, I'm afraid the amounts are. <laughs> substantial.
0: She grinned like a shark.
3: So let's make a deal.
0: Thank you for listening to this production of Voice of All. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you not just for the voices of the characters, but also to keep us going and growing. If you enjoyed what you heard, please support us by rating and reviewing us on iTunes, or following us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, and Google Podcasts, or just plain sharing with your friends. You can also support us financially on Patreon for exclusive perks. The Gathering Storm was written by Django Wexler. The podcast was produced and edited by Gendo Okeshi, with sound editing by Grace Noir. This week's story featured the voice talents of Ragna, Croftian, Phoenix Madrone, Eli Lewis, Nilani, Grace Noir, Miles Miller, Noxshade, Liam Wilson, Regula, Sean Thomas, and Melissa Sheldon. Voice of All is unofficial fan content permitted under the Wizards of the Coast fan content policy. Magic the Gathering is copyright Wizards of the Coast. Thanks so much for listening. And y'all have a great day.